Welcome to Tunnel Talk Radio on 90.3 KRNU Lincoln with your host, Colton Stone. I think Mark Stoops has probably realized that when you play defense, you need 11 guys out on the field. And Stephen Huff. He's Baton Rouge through and through. I mean, this guy is gumbo running through his veins. <laughs> Welcome to it. Tunnel Talk Radio here on 90.3 KRNU Lincoln. I'm Stephen Huff, joined alongside my good pal, as always, Colton Stone. Colton. Happy Monday. More summer feeling. How you doing, buddy? Um, I'm ready for the, the heat to go away. Uh, as you can see, I've gotten now a half-eaten Cliff Bar, uh, a Pepsi, killer lunch. I know we talk about you having light lunches pretty often. Um, Should have ate some leftover ravioli before I came here. Oof. but That sounds nice. I had a Caesar salad. I came here. I was thinking I was going to go to the gym. Didn't have time. So I had some this is what I'm barbecue. left with. Wow. All left right, over well, what? Leftover barbecue. What was it? Chicken barbecue, chicken with barbecue, and a uh, little bit of coleslaw left over too. Coleslaw, dude. Big coleslaw guy okay. over here. Okay, now right before we get into this, you know, I used to not be the guy that got coleslaw at Canes or coleslaw anywhere. Big mistake. Right? That's my favorite right? part. And and I, I saw your tweet one day about coleslaw being the best part. And I was like, it, he's, you know, he's throwing a bone out there. He's just trying to get some tweets, some mentions, right? Nope. I mean, so I did it one time. And like the first time I went to Canes, I got the coleslaw, and then it's like I don't really, I don't really like coleslaw. And then now I get it regularly. And I'm not saying you were the biggest influencer, but but I was. But I took your advice. Thank and you. And now I get coleslaw like every, I crave it, man. To be honest, same. I, I thought about getting no toast and no fries and getting two extra slaws. Ooh, I don't know if I go that far. I thought about the it. Toast is good. I thought about it. At uh at the stadium last week. In my head, before I went there, I was like, man, the only thing I want right now is, like, barbecue food and coleslaw. And I got there, like, 15 minutes before they shut the food down, coleslaw and barbecue pork mm. sandwiches. I was like, man, this is meant. This is meant to be. That's all you need right there. So, I'm pretty good. Um, now I wish I had coleslaw, but, or chicken salad sandwiches. I got That's plenty of back home, so I'll more than I. <laughs> college football. Busy weekend, huh? College football, yeah. No, there was a lot going on. A lot of movement. Uh, I wouldn't say there were... There were enough surprises. Um, and disappointments. And disappointments, yeah. Uh, Willie Taggart might be out of out of Florida here in a We mentioned know, it earlier weeks. in the year. How does that guy get promotions every year? Three teams in 12 calendar months. He went from, he was pretty good at USF. Yeah. I, I'll admit that. But, I mean, Charlie Strong's pretty good at USF, too. And he had some struggles at a big program. You know, he goes to Oregon, has a... You know, an, an eh kind of time. Oregon's going from being a giant, uh, yeah, on top to you know slowly trickling down. And now Florida State, one bad year with uh, with Jimbo. Not even a bad. I mean, it was it wasn't great by any means. And then yeah, and then they get Taggart. They run him out of town. Jimbo didn't think he was ever gonna have to play Clemson again. Then they played they played them pretty well. And now Jimbo's looking pretty okay at yeah. Texas A and M. I mean, he's yeah. Cool amount of money too. So and boy, that Florida State old line that is about as bad as it gets for a line. I you feel know, bad for Francois. We, we joke about yeah. I mean, some someone made the tweet. Maybe it's Roger Sherman. I don't remember, but it's like you look at FSU after they played Alabama last year and the beginning of the season, they lose their quarterback right away, and then they lose their coach, and then they get a new coach. And now what are they left with? Basically, the the transitive property is don't don't play Alabama. <laughs> yeah. Just like try not to schedule. And maybe that's why Alabama has these easy schedules against non conference schools. But 
Well, you know, I, we joke about one of us being able to run for 150 with Wisconsin. I don't think either of us could run for 10 yards with, with Florida State's offensive line. <laughs> no, I don't think I could get back to the line of scrimmage. <laughs> but uh, speaking of cupcakes that Alabama schedules, San Diego State, Arkansas, Pine Bluff. I wouldn't be surprised to see Alabama put Pine Bluff on their schedule pretty soon. They just lost 90-6. to We talked last week about Davidson winning 91-61. This game, 90-6. to Jack Rabbits go on top. Yeah, South Dakota State. Just to correct you there a little bit, and I said San Diego. I'm oh, excuse th- I'm me, sorry. Of, I'm thinking about that loss, too. Don't <laughs> worry. Uh, we'll get into it. Uh, like you said, disappointments. Uh, actually, I'll come back to that in a second. Yes, 90-6. to six, um, You know, we saw that game last week. It's like, wow, 91-61. I know it was a D3 school basically playing another D3 school. Um, and you were thinking, like, wow, they just broke all these records. And then SDSU is just like, We'll one-up them a little bit by playing an actual FCS school. And also uh, put up 90. Put up 90, almost 1,000 yards. They didn't break the record that Davidson set, what, like two days prior, but 557 yards passing, 369 yards rushing. Their quarterback threw for five touchdowns. They probably uh, 13 of 14, <laughs> and he threw five touchdowns and 332 yards. I mean, that's, that's I don't as know. good as it gets. Five, no, here's the best one. Here you go. They're running back. I don't know his first name. Uh, I'll find it. Isaac Wallace, five carries, 192 yards, and two scores. That guy's going half the field almost every time. I mean, okay, so five carries, 192. How do you only score twice? That's the thing. Did he he rattle off a couple of, like, 60 yarders and, like, ah. Gets gassed towards the end of the run. Let's tackle. Yeah, he steps out of bounds. He just (laughs) wants a breather. He's sucking oxygen on the sideline. <laughs> well, on the other end of things. Uh, then probably you, their backup, too. That's yeah. the best part. <laughs> then you go to Nebraska-Troy, yeah. and it's uh, not quite the show people expect. Yeah, you know, I uh, tweeted out with your opponent preview that Troy's season started in a very familiar fashion. Um, this year Boise. last year. Yeah. yeah, they start against Boise. And, you know, you look at their non-conference schedule the past two years. So they played boise at Boise, and then they played LSU last year, and then this year they get Boise at home, which, whether that matters or not, <laughs> apparently it didn't, right? They lose by 30-plus. Um, and then you get you go to, on the road to Nebraska. So very similar to last year, they open with a loss to Boise State, rattle off four, including beating LSU. This year they lose to Boise. They beat Florida A&M, which expected, you know, HBCU school. Um, and then you go to Nebraska with – and, and I, I told you this, it has a very reminiscent feel to to Oregon Yeah. last year where, you know, it's it's gut, it's grit, it's, you know, you put everything you have into it, and then you go home thinking, okay, well, we lost a close one. I mean, they didn't have to travel. That's the only difference. Pac-12 school, uh, they didn't have to travel, but then you look at it, and it's like, yeah, you're thinking NIU, that's an easy win. Yeah. Two fluky picks, right? And then you look at this one, oh, Troy – they're a good school, but we should be able to bounce back. We looked impressive against Colorado, who you would expect to be better than Troy, which I think at comparison you could say they were. But both front lines uh, for Troy played out of their mind. Mm-hmm. I mean, their offensive line was crazy. They got a, a, an incredible run game going, created a lot of pressure. And, you know, last week we said, you know, we're judging Adrian Martinez off of one three and a half quarters right now we're judging Andrew Bunch off of uh, you know four and a half quarters right so who does it fall on I mean the easy out's the offensive line I mean a right? lot of it and a lot of it was discipline issues as well oh yeah and 
and uh, I don't remember who it was. I think Frost said it um, about Mo Berry. And, you know, Mo's the kind of guy, and at least in my experience with people I've talked about him, Mo is like an intense, he's a pretty competitive guy. I mean, he, mm-hmm. you're a linebacker. That's kind of your job is, is to be the, the aggressor on the field, um, or at least the second line of aggression, right? And it, it didn't look malicious, but any contact to the head is targeting. Right. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I heard people saying that shouldn't have been a call. It's, it, I thought it was pretty blatant. Yeah, maybe he didn't mean to hit the guy in the head, but he led with his head and he hit the guy in the head. Yeah. That's You're going to get in trouble for he it. He hit him with his shoulder in the head. That's just, yeah. that, that is what it is. And and that's the ruling. And if they, you know, if they don't go with that, well, then you look at the three weeks prior, it's like, well, this one was called targeting or this one wasn't. And, and then it just becomes, I, I'm sure that'll get added to the files of, is this targeting? But... I thought it was personally. By definition, yes. Did it did it deserve an injection ejection based on malicious intent? I up for debate. Yeah, that's the and that's the debatable part. Is is targeting or um, hits on a defenseless player pretty easy to see? Yeah. Um, is the ejection the part that becomes debatable? Well, there's a reason they review it, right? So there were there were a lot of discipline things, but um, and another clear cut if you want to talk about targeting the hit on cam newton this weekend oh yeah he's already on the ground and just helmet to helmet and that's clear as day yeah like, that's not an ejection and i, I don't think know it is. was but that's by definition that that's targeting yeah yeah more nfl later um running backs for nebraska i was really impressed with maurice washington was the highlight of the day for me on the nebraska side yeah and i know we talked about uh when not necessarily when he would he would break out, but it was kind of just a matter of when would he get the majority of the touches, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 14 carries, 92 yards, no scores, but not a lot of points uh, to be given out for Nebraska. Um, but yeah, like I said, coming coming into the season, the the highlight or the, the bounce back group of the year was going to be the running backs. Um, not for any reason other than they're focusing on physicality, and the offense they want to run is based based on running the ball. Um, it, it is a lot of passes, but when the passes aren't there, you know you you may become one dimensional. But if you're pretty good at that one dimension, then you can make it work. Yeah, no, I I completely agree. Uh, offensively for Nebraska, going back to bunch, um, 177 yards, 19 for 27, two touchdowns, two picks. I wasn't too impressed with him. Not that I'm holding that against him because he's in right. a tough spot, but uh, I don't know how Nebraska is going to fare if Martinez isn't back sometime soon. You know, other than the picks, honestly, that's not a bad line. It's oh, really yeah, not, not at all, but the two picks stand uh, out. And there was only, honestly, stats look all right. There was only two throws that impressed him. Uh, touchdown to Stanley Morgan and then the throw on fourth down to the left-hand side to, uh, who was it, Raftel? The touchdown by Raptor or just the catch? I don't remember or, if it was a touchdown, was it? I don't think it was. I think it was on fourth down. Uh, oh, Raptor didn't score. You're right. Yeah. J.D. Spielman scored the other one. But Those yeah, were the back. only two throws that I was like, oh, that was actually a really nice right. throw. Everything else seemed a little average to me. Yeah, nothing was, you know, I, I won't say that by any means his ability is on par with Martinez, but the, the thing with Martinez is, you know, his his legs have become such a big part of his game that he he's better at running on the throw or he's better at throwing on the run. Sorry, um, 
and it's something that they can build into a scheme. Oh, bootleg passes. They can build in RPOs that it might look like he's he's keeping it, and then he throws it. You know, the difference with that is he's just more athletically gifted. I don't think that's wrong to say by any means. And again, not a knock on Andrew Bunch, but you look at what his skill set's built for. His skill set is built for pocket passing mostly. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit of read option. He he makes good decisions. He's he's a smart kid, quick blinker. But you know, there's just that little bit of talent disparity that you know this guy was fourth on the depth chart in March, <laughs> or or you know February March, and then O'Brien leaves. Now he's third. Jebbia leaves the week before football. <laughs> and then now Martinez gets hurt. And then Martinez gets now hurt. You're the and guy. Now he's a starter. In six months, this guy has gotten the biggest promotion of his lifetime. The guy that was fifth on the depth chart, Matt Maskers, now the backup at the moment, <laughs> right? And that kid hasn't seen the field either. I mean, this is just. It's Willie Taggart style. <laughs> <laughs> don't need to do anything, and you're all of a sudden. You know, it's as climbing the Co- ranks. Coach O says, next man up. But <laughs> it's kind of hard when they're very different. You know, athletically, um, but I don't know. It's, it, you know, I, I thought about us doing maybe like a panic meter today. But if if we were, you know, sitting panic meter for Nebraska, maybe somewhere in the middle. I'm not I, too I, panicked. I, I I'm not because it's a tough situation. I expected Nebraska to lose to Colorado. Troy, I had a eerie gut feeling that they would lose, but not in the manner that they did. I thought Troy would pick on their secondary, and I thought Troy would abuse the mismatches. Really, Nebraska shot themselves in the foot and were, had plenty of chances to win this game. Um, not surprised with the outcome, just surprised with how we got there. Um, but, it's a, I mean, no one expected Nebraska to be great this year. Yeah, that's the thing, and, and a lot of people online are saying, you know, why why can't this be flipped so fast? You know, why can't... Um, this be instilled so quickly, and it's like, well, you're the. That's just unrealistic. Yeah, and I mean, look at what Frost did at UCF in 2016. Like, yeah, that's a six-game improvement, but it's pretty easy to improve six games when you won zero the year before. I'm not saying it. What he did, you know, <laughs> didn't work a miracle in that year, but it's just a matter of, you know, telling these guys like, hey, yeah, you went 0 and 12, but you are capable of winning this many games. And, and that U- UCF team. A couple years before, a really solid team. So it's not like they didn't and, have good guys on the roster and that were overcoming those. Yeah, they did terrible the year before, but it's not like they're bad players. Oh, no, they have more New Year's Six Bowl wins than a lot of <laughs> yeah. Power Five teams exactly. do. I mean, they have two of them, and that's and they've only been around. I mean, you could say they've been around for however long, but if since the playoffs started, they have two in, what, four years? Yeah. So that's you know pretty good odds that they're going to win uh, New Year's Six Bowl. But... Um, yeah, people are just kind of hoping for, um, I think they're hoping for a miracle. And I, I, not, in a, not in a way that's like, you know, just roll with this 3-8 and eight program. But at the same time, you got to remember these guys were 4-8 and eight last year. Even if you're, if you're telling them like, hey, you are an 8-win team, you are a 9-win team, whatever it may be, the talent's there. But maybe it's, maybe it's not as there as we think it is. Right. I think a lot of people get caught up in, how easy this momentum has been for Nebraska and um, how much it's really taken the state by storm with positivity. Transitions aren't easy. They never are. They never will be. And so uh, to expect perfection right out the gate, uh, I thought it was 
It's a little obnoxious, to be honest. Troy also won 11 games last year. And I think people forget that. They won, yeah, 10-plus games the past two years, and that was a team that hasn't won a bowl, been in a bowl game since 2010, and now they're in back-to-back victories in bowl games. I mean, they're well-coached, a uh, good talent team. You, you schedule them years ago, and they look like a low-level team. That's not a low-level team many Power 5 schools want to come up against. No, and, and uh, we were talking about this, about this at the paper. Um these guys are are very close to not getting many more checks cut <laughs> because, you know, you think Alabama or LSU is going to schedule them again? There's no way. I mean, if we want to go down the list of, you know, look at all these FBS schools, Power 5 schools that are scheduling the Citadel, Arkansas, Pine Bluff, South Dakota State, North Dakota, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I can go on. I can list them all if you want me to. But, you know, we wonder why they're playing them. But then you see a mid-major you know, group of six. Some of those Sun Belt teams are pretty good. Um, you know, if they made a fifth, a Power Six conference, it'd be like Troy, UCF, Appalachian. Like you could get a lot of good teams in there. But you know, you go down the list of why they aren't scheduling these teams because, because you're giving them a million dollars and they're coming to take a win. Because they beat Nebraska, they Troy beat LSU, Appalachian State nearly beat Penn State in Happy Valley. Eastern Michigan went on the road and beat Purdue. <laughs> NIU came here and beat Nebraska. A MAC team has beaten a Big Ten team for 13 years straight. 13 straight years, Stephen. Why would you schedule a yeah. MAC team? You're going to lose. Go take the 90 to six Arkansas Pine Bluff. Why wouldn't you? I mean, the college football playoff has proven that it doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, someone tweeted out today, you know, the only thing that a nine-game a nine-game conference schedule looks better is saying, well, we've played nine conference games. The eight, you know, the eight-game conference, the ACC, SEC, is like, well, we're playing for the college football playoff. So, right. you know, what does it matter? Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people always said the SEC is the best conference. Well, their top half is probably the best, right? But the other thing, too, is only one or two of those teams can logistically get out of the SEC because at some point they all play each other. Right. And at the other point is then two of them play each other at the end. So the same things with the Big Ten, but every every conference is starting to cannibalize themselves. Mm -hmm. But if you have eight conference games, it's a little easier to go, well, we went 4-0 in our other four games, so the fact that we're 10-2 and and won the, you know, or 11-2 and and won the conference, that's looking a lot better than... You know, we could have a nine-win Big Ten conference champion this year. I don't think we will because Ohio State, it's after that win over TCU, it's over. They yeah. locked up the Big Ten East, I think. Yeah, I think we'll get to that in a little bit in yeah. our power ranking. It but seems uh, wrapped up. A little heated, but that's okay. Here we go. <laughs> uh, Nebraska's secondary before we move on past Nebraska. Thoughts on them? Because we expected them to get exploited again. Um, obviously, Colorado was picking on them all day. Troy matched up schematically about the same. Um, so we thought Nebraska secondary would struggle again. Only gave up, I believe, 121 passing yards. Mm-hmm. Um, 110. 110, yep. yep. Uh, Lamar Jackson came away with a pick that was underthrown, um, although he was burned in coverage, but he still got the pick. So uh, takeaways, at least from Nebraska secondary, good, well, bad, you ugly. Know, people tweet out a lot, and people talk about, like, you know, cornerbacks get excited about uh, a pass being completed <laughs> even if they got burned or an interception even if they got burned because the, the, the pass was underthrown or whatever it may be. Um, I mean, they looked a lot better. 110 yards, you know, we thought Troy, not that Caleb Barker's a bad quarterback, but Steve Montez clearly better groomed, better prepared. Um, Has an NFL arm. Yeah, he just he just is, he, he's the guy, right? 
Um, the the big issue, I guess, right now is uh, is probably the fact that the the tackling still really isn't <laughs> there. The uh, open field tackling needs needs to improve, and I think that's something they've obviously worked on in practice. I think it's something that's probably harped on in practice uh, by by the secondary coaches. But it's you know you finally got to the point where you're stopping stopping throws. Okay, but they still have another thing that they can do, and that's <laughs> that's run the ball. So I I don't know. It, it looked better this week. Um, the safeties look really good. Uh, Aaron Williams, Trey Neal, uh, Antonio Reed, they look good. DiCaprio Poodle is is playing. Yeah, he's coming playing together. To his, uh, to his expected ability. Um, people have been saying this. It kind of feels like Lamar's just trying to find a way to get to the NFL. He's is the athlete here? to do it, but I sometimes I see him a question. It's the tackling, man. Yeah. And, and I get, and I think this is what a lot of them, and we talked about this a couple episodes ago, it's – this mentality that you're going from a defense, so from from a Diaco defense that was like, uh, you know, tackle them if you have to, I guess, right? And now it's, you know, we better see six or seven guys on the ball, and three of them better be the secondary, <laughs> yeah. right? And so I don't know if I put that, you know, on Lamar. Do I put that on the mentality, put that on the culture? I don't know, but... It looked better, but it still needs to get better. Still and a little they, suspect. And they still only gave up 143 rushing yards as, as a defense. It's not like, you know, it's not like they they gave up all these mm-hmm. all these yards. It's the fact that they, you know, they had four fumbles and lost one. They had two interceptions, and the turnover margin just it wasn't in their favor. No, it was and, it was a lot of sloppy play and undisciplined play as and, well. And you said it in your preview. What what was going to be key for Troy? Forcing turnovers pressure and and just keeping a tempo they i mean they didn't have a crazy tempo but they were fast enough to keep nebraska on its toes and they were able to maintain a balanced offense which they haven't been able to do all year but they've wanted to do when they won last year a lot of the time was when they were relatively even on passing and rushing attempts yeah and they were even just there wasn't like i said there weren't a a lot of yards but they really didn't need that many Mm -mm. i mean nebraska gave them yards half the time and a punt return for a touchdown you know, yeah. we talk, we, jo- we joke about special teams, but it comes back to haunt them every week. Yeah, and we'll get I mean, more on special weeks, teams probably yeah, in, a, yeah. in the NFL. Yeah, we'll, Let's move on to our uh, preemptive Big Ten power rankings. Well, hold on. Okay. Uh, we Someone, I think we brought up SDSU, the other one. Um, <laughs> and we were talking about targeting. I just wanted to get back to that really quick. I don't. Did you see the targeting from Arizona State? Did not, no. Okay, so... Basically what happened, and you can look at the video later, but what happened is Frank Darby um, was at about the eight-yard line when Manny Wilkins just heaves this bomb, and it's probably into, like, triple coverage or double coverage, whatever it is. And Frank Darby goes up and gets it, but right as he's catching it, the guy from SDSU just launches himself, just, like, head first right into Darby's helmet. Um and it kind of still looked like he caught the ball. So Herman is running out calling a timeout, um, even though there's like six flags that have been thrown. And uh, I guess when you look in slow-mo, they determined it was incomplete. It comes down, he's got it, but it, the nose of the ball touches the ground, whatever. Um, but because targeting is not a spot, yeah, it's bad. I, I just watched it. Um, but because it's not a spot foul like people want it to be, especially in late-game situations. So it's an incomplete pass. It's a 15-yard penalty, 
And then they have to just throw another bomb to try. I mean, they just got to like the six yard line right. with a throw, which what we thought was a complete pass for a chance. And then the the eventual um, game winning heave was was batted away. So, you know, I, I'm I'm glad they're they're cracking down on targeting because some of these are getting really bad. Oh, and, yeah. That and, one's bad. And there was a fumble that SDSU had that probably shouldn't have been. So ASU really you know, got lucky that they even had a chance to win. Another good win by SDSU over, over the Sun Devils. But, uh, yeah, that's just something that really no, they, they really need to get better about cracking down. I think they finally are because yeah, stuff you, like this keeps happening. I feel like it's getting better. So And people are more understanding of the rule, too. There's yeah, less but, subjective nature than it's – there's still some subjective nature, but not as much as it seemed to uh, be well, the past couple of years. Think about this, and I, I'll make sure I get the year right. 2015 UCLA Bowl game, Nebraska. I believe so. I'll look it up. Foster Farm. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. So you go from back-to-back weeks where Nate Gary has the most questionable targeting calls of all time um, against Iowa and UCLA. The Iowa one was pretty close. Um, I could see where they're going with it. But that UCLA one was terrible. But you think from 2015 where it's really iffy to 2018 now where guys are literally throwing their bodies like <laughs> ragdolls at other people's heads and they're calling it. I mean, I think those three years, they, there have been a lot of, like you said, take the subjectivity out of it. It's very objective now. If your shoulder, if any part of your body is launched at neck or, sh- or head. You're going to pay the you, price for it. You're, you may not get tossed, but you'll get the 15 yards. Right. And I don't like the whole defenseless receiver, you know, that's the one that irks me a little bit because I get it for player safety because that's dangerous part. Right. But you're you on a kinda, football field. Yeah, you kinda miss the Roy Williams, Brian Dawkins right. you locking just, down like, the middle. You don't get you don't get hits like that anymore, which is fine, the safety thing. Yeah, I understand. But it. you know, the second you step on the football field with a helmet and shoulder pads on, you you have defense. Like I, I you just if you're the one that gets hit... And you kind of know what's in store. Yeah. I mean, if you're going over the middle and you don't expect to get laid out over the middle, you probably haven't played enough football or watched enough football, frankly. Yeah. But I'm just glad they're finally getting better at the, the rule. The defenseless thing, still up in the air, but targeting is definitely... It's become a bigger issue, but they're cracking down more on it. Starting to crack down on it and then clean it up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Big Ten preemptive power rankings um, that we will release on Wednesday this week. Ohio State was one last week and the week before that. Um, <laughs> and this week. And this week. They won, was it, 40-28 to 28 over TCU. Yeah, and, you know, we, we said this was a good TCU team that, you know, they had been pretty good the past few years, um, started to kind of die down a little bit. Um, but, I mean – for a good chunk of that game, they were either leading or really close, and Ohio State just ran away with it. I mean, the, Ohio State did what we expected them to do, yeah. and they won the game. And so, you know, was my pick wrong? Yeah, but was <laughs> was my expectation wrong? No, I figured Ohio State would probably win. Um, so for that reason, yeah, they have to stay at one. I mean, I, I, I was saying this, I think, before we came on, but no one – no one can win the Big Ten. Yeah, I, other than I felt Ohio like State. after the TCU game, I got the feeling of well, I knew it was probably over, but now it's yeah, it's, uh, we're putting a bow on it, and it's week three. And they've got oh, they've got Tulane next week, so there, there's <laughs> one number out. four. 
Uh, and then they go to Penn State, so that'll be the real measuring stick. If they beat Penn State, it's it's over. Penn State I was think. second in our rankings last week. Some people thought maybe Wisconsin should stay at second in the standings, but we put Penn State above them, and then uh, the Nittany Lions went and beat Kent State 63-10. to 10. So, uh, assuming Penn State stays yeah, Penn at State, I I picked sixty-two to ten. They won. I, you know, I was hesitant about that sixty spot. They put up sixty-three. Um, pretty happy with that. <laughs> but yeah, there's no way they don't stay at two. Um, like I said, they, you know, they've got Ohio State uh, coming to their house. They go to Illinois um, on Friday, and so probably a win. Probably. Um, but yeah. Three straight weeks where they've scored 45 or more points. Two straight weeks where they've scored 50 or more. It's Trace McSorley is a wizard's probably not the right word, but he's pretty good at football, <laughs> right? I, it's it's simple as that. And then moving on, three was Wisconsin last week, followed by Michigan at four. Mm. Michigan won. Wisconsin lost 24-21 to BYU. Wolverines 45-20 over SMU. Michigan probably a three. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that Wisconsin's got to drop. Um, we, no matter of how far. We had a con- – I, I say controversial switch last week, but Penn State just overall looked has looked better than Wisconsin. Um, Michigan, like we said, didn't look great week one. Thrashed Western Michigan. Um, maybe a MAC team that people should be scheduling. Now that Flex <laughs> not there. Um, and then – and then they go out and, and handle their business against SMU. Again, It was like, I, I said it would be close um, for a little bit, and then Michigan ran away with it. Jay Patterson's starting to look better. That backfield's insane. Um, I'm not sure who they have next week. I've been kind of opening the schedules as we go here. But Michigan? Yeah. I think they uh, might play Nebraska. Oh, that's and right. Ann Arbor. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's <laughs> right. I know that one. Um, yeah, maybe they'll go 3-1 and one by next week. What? Who knows? But I, I think they have to go to three. I, I know, you know we've been thinking about them dropping, too. But, but they keep winning but at this point. But they two weeks now. And, so. and their loss to Notre Dame was to a top 25 team. Yeah, in a, in a better Notre Dame than we've seen yeah. uh, of late. So. Well, at five was Iowa. Iowa also won over Northern Iowa. And so do they jump up to four and Wisconsin drop to five? What do you think? <laughs> Because one team's winning, one team's not. Now, they play this weekend, Wisconsin and Iowa, so that will settle the debate pretty quickly. Um, who do I think the stronger team is? Wisconsin. Who looked yeah. better the past couple weeks? Wisconsin, probably. Probably I, Wisconsin, but Iowa's defense has looked great, and uh, they did win last week. Yeah, I don't... Mm. I don't know. You're That's... splitting hairs because you want to you wanna honor the record. But, <laughs> but the, is, is, the dang nabbit eye test that baseball fans always talk about is coming through with this Wisconsin team right now. I mean, you can you can tell they're not great, they're not flashy, but they look a little bit better than Iowa. 31-point win, 31-point win, three-point loss on, a, on an expiring time field goal. Yeah. Kickers matter. Um, Iowa... Thirty-three to three over Northern Illinois. Thirteen to three over Iowa State, who almost beat Oklahoma. Yeah, so, so maybe we were sleeping on Iowa State. Maybe, but you got to remember that was their first game of the season too. So yep. it pretty okay that they were inept in that game. But <laughs> um, ah, splitting hairs. Yeah, I think I think 
the projected, since that's basically what we're doing is, is projecting here, will be Wisconsin at four and Iowa at five. But maybe if we look into it more and see what Iowa's strengths and Wisconsin's weaknesses are. But I, I think the three games that Wisconsin has played, even with a loss, are better than the three games that Iowa's played, even with no losses. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Uh, Michigan State had a bye week. They're staying at six. Um, past who's, that, who's behind them? Maryland. Seven, eight, nine. Maryland, Northwestern, Nebraska. Oh, Maryland lost, right? All three of those are yeah. losers. I was thinking if Maryland won, they would have jumped ahead Michigan State just because oh. they played a game. Yeah, Maryland lost to Temple, thirty-five, fourteen. No, they stay at seven. I think they. Two. Well, how, I mean, Indiana beat Ball State. I know it's Ball State, but they won thirty-eight, ten. Ball or Indiana was ranked tenth. Right. Yeah. With seven, three losing teams seven, in eight, front nine, of them. Ten. Yeah. Um, let's see, who's nine? Nebraska. Nebraska has to drop below yep. Indiana. Northwestern. Yeah. <laughs> Who'd they, they? Akron tried to let them win that yeah. game. Akron won 39-34. Bowden Zips coming out on top. Well, Maryland's at seven. Um, mm. Are you okay with leaving Maryland at seven? I think there's still... It's a big jump for Indiana to go from 10 to seven. Just beating Ball State is the problem. That's the thing. Two good wins by Maryland in a... a, I wouldn't say a bad loss. Temple's not a bad team, but I thought Maryland would be better better than that, right? I agree. So... hmm. Maryland at seven, Indiana up to eight. Yeah. Northwestern, nine, Nebraska, ten. Yep. Or Minnesota. Well, Purdue loses another game. Purdue lost another. Purdue was ranked 12th last week. Minnesota was 11th. Bro, you know who stays in last, though? Let's go bottom up. Let's go bottom up. Yeah, The back half will go bottom up. How's that sound? (laughs) 14 Rutgers. I think that's easy. They just got thrashed by... If if there was the greatest Super Bowl of all time, it would be Rutgers and Kansas playing every week. I think that would be awesome. That would just... That would make my heart happy. 54 14. 55 14. 55 14. Even better. <laughs> right. Came out on top. Um, Kansas is going to win the Big 12, mark my words. Um, you know, now they're going to lose six straight, probably. But <laughs> <laughs> we'll just, they're going to beat Texas. That's all that matters. They're yeah. going to go 3 9 with a win over Halfway Texas. Halfway to a bowl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and, and Texas will miss because they lose to Kansas. Um, yeah, Rutgers is last. I think that's easy. 13, who do we have last week? We had Illinois, but can I... I think they move up. I thought you weren't going to say that, and I was going to have to state my case. No, I think they move up because they... Let's go. They, uh, they, they sh- it's I, a gritty loss. I... Mm, because... I feel they, like they should have won the game. Because they could have won. I felt I, like they should have. Right. Uh, you know, they, they were in position to win that game, and I, I believe that, too. Um, Purdue also was in position to beat a, a better Mizzou team who who they beat last year. It's at home. It's a loss. Uh, neutral site, USF. I think USF is, I wouldn't say is better than Missouri, but talent-wise, when you're comparing the two, I think Purdue and Mizzou match up better than Illinois and USF do. Yeah, I agree. Um, Illinois didn't look bad. Uh, are they, you know, they going to win the Big Ten West? <laughs> who knows at this point in time? But... Yeah, I'd, I'd say Purdue has to drop. They're zero and three. They're going to miss a bowl game. I think that that's, I, we, <laughs> we can only put so much faith in them. I'm I would say almost push Purdue to the bottom, but they've played tougher opponents and they didn't lose to Kansas by <laughs> forty one points. Well, now Purdue next week 
a ranked Boston College squad. Yeah. And then Nebraska in Lincoln. This Purdue team that I thought could start 3-0 and may start 0-5. Yeah. And then after that, Illinois. Yeah. So so that uh, might determine the Big the Big Ten West. It's right. Illinois-Purdue, right? So we got Purdue at 13 this week. <laughs> Illinois, 12. Yeah. I think that's fair. And now it's the 11-10, maybe 9 spot. How far does Minnesota jump? Who'd they beat this week? Minnesota beat Miami of Ohio 26-3. Bad pick on my part. Um, Just trying to swing swing the picks. They are 3-0, three straight years now. And Fleck hasn't done anything wrong this year. We've given him um, some slack here and there. Mostly for New Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. State? Yeah. Yeah. Whichever one. One of them. Yeah. Eh, whatever it was. doesn't matter. Um, they beat them, and the team didn't have away uniforms, as we've probably mentioned about 18 times. Um, but they are 3-0, and and they are the true freshman walk-on quarterback, and they're 3-0. and And the running game, looks, they lost their leading rusher. Rodney Smith, right. And the next yeah. guy up is looking next great. Next man up. Right? Yeah, he's looking great. The defense only gave up 14 to a Fresno team we thought would win. Only gave yeah. up three points. Now, I know it's Miami, Ohio, but to only give up three points in a game is pretty special. Yeah, and I think their game against Maryland this upcoming week will kind of determine where this team really sits. Like we said, I think I think Maryland is is a lot better this year. Will they be an eight-win team? It depends on how, how the East shakes out. Um, yeah, this <laughs> – do you put 3-0 and above? I want to almost say Minnesota belongs above Nebraska. Not because Nebraska is the worst team, but because Nebraska has shown worse signs as a football team. And I'm talking the undisciplined issues. These are power rankings. Yeah. Right. I'm talking the penalty issues yep. and the turnovers. Yeah. And a team that makes those mistakes at the amount that they do, I don't believe belongs over an undefeated Minnesota team that has showed up. The past couple of weeks. All right, here's what I'm gonna throw out. Okay, seven, seven. I think we stick with Maryland. Maryland. Um, it's a not a great loss, but they're still two and one, and I think they look a lot better than the teams behind them. Eight. I think we go Indiana. Yeah. Um, they're. I don't know if they're still scrambling for a quarterback. Tom Allen's home improvement is coming together. <laughs> yeah, we should. Uh, let's start the let's start that pending. web series. Yeah, right. <laughs> Trademark. Um, who does Indiana have next week? They've got, they've got Michigan State. So and they've got them at home. So that Sparty game will will be a big decider. But I think eight's fair for them. Ten to seven's too big of a jump. But I don't think Maryland really deserves a drop either. So we'll go eight, nine. I'll say Minnesota. I, I like that. Um, for the simple fact that they're three and zero. Reward them for that. Um, they can't at this point. Those I mean, games were scheduled years ago. They can't handle how good or Bad. poor yeah. the other teams are. And they've come out and they've won every single week. And they've they faced their own amount of adversity. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they, they're going out there and... Getting going, handed these wins. Yeah, or, or winging it. No one's forfeiting or anything, right? Yeah, no, I completely agree. So then Northwestern drops all the way down to 10. Probably deservingly so, I would argue. Yeah, the more I... If, if Nebraska was 1-2 with a win over Akron... And make Northwestern yeah. was one and two with a loss to Akron. I'd say you'd flip them around, but for the simple fact that their win was in conference over a Purdue team that could be three and zero, but is zero and three, and you could say that about any team, but Purdue's actually been in every game that they've lost. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, I, I don't think Northwestern as a team is better than Nebraska, but on paper and on the field, they have been. Um, at, at least through three weeks. Yeah. And we know that Nebraska has one less week than it, you know everybody else, but if if Nebraska has that win over Akron, I think it's a different story. But at this point in time, I think 10 and 11 is probably a good spot. Minnesota, you know, I think a couple months ago, I was kind of like, you know, if I had – we're, I, I did uh, a different, like, long shot dark horse, and I, I was rolling with the Gophers just because it's like, you know, the, it's kind of a long shot, but if you get a down Big Ten West and if flex mentality, like, kicks in, I mean, these guys could win nine or ten games because they, they've always been good. It's just they've got down years where th- their running back gets hurt <laughs> or, they're, or they have just a quarterback that isn't quite up to par. Their defense is, is weak. And I think nine's fair for them, but don't be surprised if those guys start moving up. The West is wide open right now. Iowa hasn't looked West impressive. West is terrible also. Yeah. but <laughs> Iowa hasn't looked impressive. Wisconsin just lost to BYU. Mm-hmm, which they should have probably beat by a mile. Yeah, there, I mean, there's huge question marks there. We know the story about Nebraska. We talked about Northwestern. We talked about Purdue. Illinois is two and one. Illinois, yeah. I think Minnesota has a chance now. Yeah, if if I had to, you know, I'm looking at the rankings right now of of where they stand, and it's Northwestern just because they've actually played a conference game, and Purdue's at the bottom because they've lost the only conference game they played. But you look at that middle; it's Iowa, Minnesota, Illinois, Wisconsin, Nebraska. You know, Minnesota and Iowa is always a big game every year. Minnesota and, and Wisconsin, I, it's a trophy game. Um, so the West, I know we joked about, like, ah, Illinois and Purdue might have a chance. I mean, anyone has a chance. Yeah. With Wisconsin losing to BYU, I'm not saying that defines who Wisconsin is as a team because Jonathan Taylor is still a Heisman candidate and and their defense is phenomenal and their offensive line is really good. But – I. Week after week, I can keep saying it. Alex Hornibrook is not that good of a quarterback, and it keeps showing every week. And it will continue to. Yeah, unless they can figure something. You know, is Jonathan Taylor going to start playing quarterback? That might work out for him better. I don't know. but (laughs) The old Dolphins wildcat system coming in full force. Hornibrook, right now he's completing 63% of his passes. He's also only attempted 68 passes. He's got three touchdowns and two interceptions. I mean, you can't... It's about as boring as it gets. You can't work with that. Yeah. And then you look at Jonathan Taylor, who's already got 515 yards and five touchdowns. I mean, if that's How what you How many carries does Taylor have? 77. 77? Through I, two, two, three games? Through three. And I said he'd, he, it would be bad if he was nearing 90 or 100 yeah. through four. So... We might be there. We might, we might be touching... Hopefully not. Hopefully 100. we don't have to con- concern ourselves about it. Because he's a fun guy to watch. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, he stays healthier than a lot of running backs do. But yeah, he's already at seventy-seven carries, and their their whole. I mean, their whole backfield already has eight hundred fifty-five rushing yards. Yeah. I mean that that is who they are. That's who they will always be. But if they had a serviceable that, quarterback, a little bit better than Horny Brooks. Yeah, I mean that's. I'm not saying you and I could go out there and do better, but at the same time. I can hand off to Jonathan Taylor twenty three times in a game too, and yeah. probably and compete. I can throw two picks. <laughs> <laughs> I can throw sixty three percent if they're all five yard pass. I mean, they've got they've got the poor man's version of Alex Smith as their quarterback. Yeah, can't run and can barely even do the check down. <laughs> right, and he's left handed. I think. I so. think I think he's a poor man's AJ McCann. I think you did say that before, and I, I'm going to stand by that because. <laughs> 
And I AJ just, McCarron's got a he has a national championship. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so that's that's their Rex uh, Grossman almost had a Super Bowl. So <laughs> let's, let's not get carried away. Back yeah. to Minnesota though. They play Maryland this upcoming yeah. week. Measuring uh, stick game. I measuring think. stick game by week. Then Iowa. They beat Maryland. Have an extra week to prepare against Iowa. Watch out. PJ Flex is going to be rolling that boat a little quicker than you might think he would. But uh, moving on to the NFL, we right. talked about two seconds. Really quick. Yep. Let me look at this real quick. So they've got Iowa. So Ohio State, they get after Iowa. Um, that that's a that's a loss to anyone in the, in the Big Ten right now, yeah. especially in the West. But if they compete, that may kind of set up what the rest of what the rest of the season looks like. I think that's a good game. You get it. What number six? It looks like so halfway through the season, you get Ohio State. It's on the road, and then you go to Nebraska, and by that time. You know they've they haven't really played anybody in the West, so Iowa, Nebraska, are the first two. If they get those two and then get to Illinois, I mean, yeah, they've probably just got to win they two, don't have, two of their last three or one of their last three to win the Big Ten. They don't West. have a difficult. I mean, past Nebraska, Indiana at home, at Illinois, that's easily a winnable game. Home against Purdue, probably going to win that. Home against Northwestern, good chance you win that. And then at Wisconsin, by that time you might already have the West sealed. Yeah, you could you could probably lose that game. Potentially. Potentially. I, I'm not going to say you could. And, you know, the the Big Ten standings in the conference in your division are – there's a big difference. Like, you could win all of your games but, you know, but Ohio State and Wisconsin and still win your division. And you could win just those two and – or all your games in your division and finish third. So, yeah. it's, it'll be interesting. I Don't sleep on Minnesota, though. I know we they're kind of the butt of the joke sometimes, but – <laughs> They're a lot a better at football year. than we think. It was a prove-it year for us for with P.J. Fleck, and right now he's doing everything. Yeah. So we talked about earlier how important special teams has been. Um, NFL was no different. Kickers uh, games. Including this Vikings-Packers game. 35-yard try between the hash marks. Carlson 0-2. If he misses this one, Mike Zimmer might leave him behind in Green Bay. Matt Weil, the new punter for the Vikings, holds. Veteran long snapper Kevin McDermott, he'll handle the snap. A 35-yard field goal try to kick the Vikings to 2-0. Snap spot. Carlson! He missed it again, and he missed it right. And for the third time in the history of the border battle, field goal was missed. That is the end of the game. We have a tie. Daniel Carlson... Missed three field goals today, and the Vikings and the Packers finish tied at 29. This is Vikings football. That was Paul Allen, KFAN, the announcer for the Minnesota Vikings, and that will be our uh, call of the week right there. You can just hear the absolute disappointment and disdain in his voice as Carlson missed his third field goal of the day, channeling his inner player Walsh. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever heard, um, this was back in like 2012, I think. Michigan played Nebraska in basketball and it was the game that it was like 24 to 14 at halftime or something like that. It gets to the end of the game and Matt Davison, uh, well, I think Pavelka's like, oh, you want to go through the stats? And you just hear Matt in the background go, all right. <laughs> and that's basically what that guy was. It's like, I missed it. Vikings football. Yeah, like, this I, is Vikings football. I think while while he was just like uttering those words, he's looking for the quickest exit. Just, <laughs> he, he's making sure his resume is up to date and he's looking at other jobs at that point. Yeah, I, 
Yeah, I I don't know. I, the Vikings, they need a kicker. So three misses there for three Carlson. <laughs> and then you think Brown Saints. Last week, Browns, of course, almost beat the Steelers for their lose first their, win. Lose their mind for a tie. Have a blocked field goal for the tie this week. A chance to tie it late against the Saints. 52-yard field goal attempt. He's missed two. He's made one, and he's missed an extra point. 21-18, New Orleans snap is back. Ball is down. He's into it. End over end. The kick is no good with three seconds to go. So another heartbreak for the Browns. That was Jim Donovan of WKRK. The Browns kicker there missed two field goals on the day and two extra points. Zane Gonzalez, Arizona State grad right there, and just letting the Browns down. They are now 0-1-1 on the year, in which now increases their uh, winless streak to 19 games. All right, so if you play for the Browns, it doesn't matter where you went to school, I suppose. Um, so I'm not putting him on that. <laughs> Um, but what, and I know it's the Browns, so this is going to be a dumb question anyways, but if you're, if you're Hugh Jackson, you got, you and, gotta find a new and guy. your kicker is one for one for three and missed an extra point and it's a 52 yarder, you're going, you know what the best idea would be is to just let this guy kick. at that point, just let Taylor heave it down the field. I know Josh Gordon wasn't on the field because they're releasing him today, I suppose. I think they're going to work a trade out, potentially. That was the other idea. They're yeah. going to trade or release him. Um, but why get nothing for him, I guess. But I I hear your I, argument there. Just go I, with Taylor. If, this, I, guy is, this, this guy missed three kicks already. I think and one got, of them was from 20 yards. I still think you have to show confidence in your kicker because that's what he's paid to do. And if the guy misses another one, it's not it's not on Hugh Jackson because he did everything he could in that situation. There were 7 seconds left. You're not going to th- I don't think you should throw up a Hail Mary in this situation. I'm not saying you're wrong. I hear where you're coming from because the kicker was terrible and you know kicking along with golf, it's a mental game. Yeah. And so I still would have called the field goal if I was in Hugh Jackson's shoes because I don't think that comes back on him at the end of the day. Well, I think the kick is the right idea, but I think it's the distance that matters. I think if they could have yeah. even got one more Maybe playoff, a short pass to the sidelines, right get an extra five, ten If he drops it, you, drop, you know, you throw a, throw a high ball outside corner. But I think if it goes out of bounds, it goes out of bounds. When, you kick, you the Browns, you the when you're the Browns, you take the chance when you have the chance. I mean, when you're the Browns and you try to go for that short pass, you're probably going to throw a pick because And they probably would have lost in overtime anyway. So the kick That's true. probably didn't matter that much. But I was going to say, I meant to say this at the beginning of the show, but I knew we were going to get to kickers eventually. The two toughest spots and shortest-lived spots in football are the quarterback and the kicker. And the reason is, is one guy has to run the whole team and the other guy only gets thrown in there when it matters. Yep. And you, ne- who knew that Daniel Carlson was the kicker for the Vikings? I didn't. Nope. But I do now because he just missed three field goals. <laughs> yeah. and you don't know their name until they do something wrong. You don't even know their name if they do something right, right. half the time. You know Gonzalez's name now, though, because he left eight points on the board <laughs> in a game where the Browns lost <laughs> by, by three. three. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, the, the kickers that get remembered, we can probably count on one hand. Adam Vinatieri, Janikowski. Uh, Greg Zerline is phenomenal. Goskowski. Right 
Goskowski, and then you've got David Akers because he was in the league forever and he was a lefty for the okay, Eagles. Okay, so maybe two hands, but <laughs> yeah. uh, you know Matt Prater was, has been really good. But and he, that's, he set he, a record, so of course you're going to hear about a 63 yarder. Yeah, and, and then after that, it's like, and here comes oh man, who is this guy? I haven't <laughs> seen. Oh, he just missed his fourth one of the day. Yeah, he's gone. And he's then, done. Every now and then you hear about Matt Bryant and Phil Dawson, not because they're amazing and have a leg, but they're because just they've been 65 the years old exactly. and they're still kicking The coffin's football. on the sideline ready for them. Yeah. <laughs> no, Phil Dawson's been kicking since the helmets didn't have face masks. <laughs> he's, he's still wearing a leather shoe from 1948, <laughs> fresh I mean, off of Normandy Beach. Tough, I mean, tough break. For, I mean, I think there was in the NFL 19 missed field goals yesterday. If anything has been done correctly in the NFL when it comes to the kicking game it's been moving back that extra point yeah I because agree. it was at such a high percentage and now it's I mean it still is I think it's still in the 90s but it's slowly going down and I think two-point conversions aren't like on the rise by any means but with how many misses have been happening don't be surprised be if and like you said you've got to have confidence your kicker if you don't ever let him go out there of course he's going to miss it but like you said you don't know these guys names until they mess up I mean, I knew who Blair Walsh was, but you really knew who Blair Walsh was <laughs> he after he missed shots. it, right? So, I... It should be noted, now teams are obviously looking for new kickers. The Browns are trying out, as of today, Blair Walsh and Cairo Santos. Neither of them with the greatest track uh, record. Dan Bailey also needs a job. So. He, and I think he'll find one. Yeah, well, between how many guys need I think, uh, you know, we want to bring it back to home. Drew Brown's looking for a job. Yeah. Uh, Good kid. Don't, don't be surprised if, if Rams, he gets a chance. Rams signed Sam Ficken, who was a guy they brought in last year when Zerline got hurt. So that job's taken up because Greg Zerline Legatron uh, pulled oh. up in, in pregame yesterday and they had to have the punter Hecker do the duties. Um, but yeah. John, they have the greatest special teams. They got probably the, the top three kicker. I'm not going to say one because I don't want to sound biased. But Adam Vinatieri, who's 98 years old at right. this point. Right, and Matt Bryant keep, keeps doing yeah. it. But I will... I will fight anyone on this. Johnny Hecker is the best punter yep. in the league. Marquette no. King is probably the most marketable, but Hecker is the better punter. Oh, I don't care what anyone Johnny says. Hecker, best punter. Greg Zerline, I mean, he's a Lincoln kid, so we can Went to UNO, and then they canceled the football program. We, we could argue that he's the best kicker in the league. He's definitely top three. Top five if you want to go a little farther, I suppose. Uh, no, Johnny Hecker, probably the best punter, followed by... Probably Marquette King Marquette or the Cole. Maybe the Cole quits always pump him out. Yep. Um, I'm trying to think. There's another guy. Uh, I think it's a guy that kicks for the Eagles. I don't remember his name, but he's pretty good. Um, Is it still Donnie Jones? I don't know. And then you've got uh, Shane Leckler's an old timer. You've got you Tra- Trace Way from LSU out at uh, Washington. He's pretty good. Yeah. But the the worst part is is you hear that these guys are good punters and. You know, you start thinking, like, how many times are these guys actually punting in a game? But it's not that they're good punters because they're out there all the time. It's that when they do go out there, they flip the field completely. And Johnny Consistently Hecker, too. if he's bombing 70 yarders. He's inside the 10 yards more often than not. I mean, look at look at Troy's punter. Troy's punter had, like, do you see that terrible one that just, like, he, he sh- almost shanked it, but it still went straight, and it's just, like, Oh, well, yeah, it's the new rugby rolling, style. Rolling. It bails everyone out. And... You're looking at it like, wow, that was awful. And it went 55 yards. Works out. Because just because of how it was bouncing, everyone's like, oh, don't touch it, don't touch it. Like, it's, yep. it's, you don't know where it's going to go. It's the new college and just, fad. And he didn't even, like, run out to the sideline. He literally just stood straight, just kicked yeah. it. It was terrible, and it worked out. And then he also had, like, a 68-yarder that went through the back of the end zone. It was still going <laughs> by the time it landed. So, yeah. 
Kickers' lives matter, though. So, uh, if you have a good kicker on your team, send them like a fruit basket or something because uh, they're a rare breed, the yeah, ones that do it well. Let's keep the death threats off of Twitter for kickers um, <laughs> also. I'd like to make that PSA. Yeah, People need to that just chill. It's a, it's a sport. Just chill. It's a game. Otherwhere in the uh, Elsewhere in the NFL, Patrick Mahomes. Guy looks, oh he can do no wrong. The Chiefs are point. basically Texas Tech. They just need to get Cliff Kingsbury up there. <laughs> Mahomes, uh, 23 for 28, passing 326 yards, six touchdowns in the 42-37 win over the Steelers. Now, I have no confidence in the Pittsburgh Steelers' defense. I haven't for a couple years, especially after Shazier went down. But Mahomes has done it twice, two weeks in a row. Against the Chargers, solid defense. Steelers, uh, reputable defense. Yeah, let me find this stat really quick. Um, oh, man. Of course, it just went out of my profile. But it was something about teams that scored teams that scored 37 points at home uh, were undefeated. But let me see what the record was. Um, well, now i got to go find it. Uh, 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 uh. Our, our good buddy Danny Burke tweeted or retweeted it or tweeted it out. Um, of course, I can't find it now. <laughs> Anyways, they were, teams that had 37 points at home were like 386 and 0. Except for Mahomes. And then the Steelers just lost. So that's that's the point I'm trying to make. If if you have to put up that many points and still lose, it's game over. It's game I over. I mean, we've, we've even said that about like teams in college. You look at it and it's like, this is a team that's going to score 55 points. And if you don't also score 55 points, can't do it's a loss. Yeah. So. Elsewhere in the NFL, um, talking about great quarterbacks, Ryan Fitzpatrick has led the Buccaneers to 2-0, and and this was a team a lot of people expected to be in the bottom five of the league, and then his post-game, the guy was dripping. I, I mean, he looked I wish, I wish we could, like, show video on the radio, but I get that <laughs> that breaks the time-space continuum. Um, but... It's just funny because the very last part, and I wish I would have recorded it, but the very last part, he had like two questions left, and, and Deshaun Jackson comes in without a shirt on because when he walked in, <laughs> that's what he was wearing, and then Fitzpatrick's got all of DJ's stuff on, and, and he looks over at him. He's like, you know, he's, he uh, looked he, great. he's like, I took your clothes, uh, so like two more. I got to give him his clothes back so he can come out here. Um, classic. Yeah. Uh, Jameis Winston might not be getting his job. No, back. I think Fitzmagic is back, and I think Fitzmagic has the job. So when they lose next week, uh, we'll, we'll see after that one. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, no, he's looked great so far. And then uh, finally in the NFL before we predict tonight's Monday night game, uh, Vontae Davis for the Bills, one of the best corners in the game at, at the time, at a time. Um, <laughs> in the first half? <laughs> left the team at halftime and apparently retired. Yeah, he said, so in his contract, uh it was he had to show up for opening weekend, played game one, uh, got through the first half of the second game. Remember, this is five million dollars guaranteed, and then he decided that uh, at halftime he was quitting, retiring. Let someone know. I don't know if it was the you know what part of the team. Got the hell out oh. of Dodge. I mean, I really don't blame him. Buffalo's going to be terrible <laughs> this year. No one wants to be there. But if someone gets him a job and he gets his five mil from Buffalo, good for him. Yeah. What. A- his agent. Other guys are going to be looking for that agent because oh, yeah. to work in, show up week one, you get five mil, and you're already the number one corner. Yeah, and if you're falling out of love with the game and you're falling out of the grind and the, the physical battles that you have to take and the time away from family, take the five mil and run once yep. you're out. I love that. Uh, tonight's game is Seattle at Chicago. Um, Seattle didn't look great last week against Denver. Chicago, of course, almost beat the Packers. Who do you got tonight? 
Mm. Khalil Mack's going to have another big night. I don't know if he'll have the same kind of night he had last week, but uh, give me Bears in a close one. Let's go 28-24. I like that. I like the Bears. Don't trust Seattle now, especially with Baldwin down. Uh, so I'll take the Bears as well. Anything else for you this week? Uh, forks up. Let's get a dub against Washington this week. We'll talk more on Friday. Till Friday.